0: back to another episode of San Jose where we discuss everything spooky, scary and mysterious in San Jose. My name is Manuel Avalos.
1: And my name is Carmen Sanchez.
0: And today what are we talking about Carmen?
1: So, Manny, did you know that there's a cult in the middle of San Jose?
0: Um no. What cult do we have here?
1: Okay, so if you've always wanted to learn more about alchemy after watching that one episode of Supernatural or reading The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho, this is the best episode for you to listen in on. So, this week on San Jose, we are covering the Rosicrucian Egyptian Museum located at 1660 Park Avenue in San Jose, California. And at this site, there's also Rosicrucian Park and... A Rosicrucian labyrinth. Yeah, Rosicrucianism isn't really a religion, but it's more of a cult based off the ideology. So
0: it's also like not exactly a cult. I feel like it's not fully fair to say that there's conspiracies about it being a cult, but I guess we kind of have to get into some of the history to really get into that. So according to the book Secret San Jose by Cassie Kiefer, this museum houses the largest collection of Egyptian, Babylonian, and Assyrian artifacts west of the Mississippi River. Um, if you've never been to the Egyptian Museum, I highly recommend it. It's pretty cool, like, given the number, especially just, like, the, we have a record, basically, here in San Jose of just having so many Egyptian things in one place. That's also kind of controversial, but i get into that later. Um Rosicrucianism was actually introduced to California by a man named Harvey Spencer Lewis, who was initiated into Rosicrucianism in France and wanted to increase its popularity in the English-speaking world. Lewis's ashes are actually housed in the shrine that was built here, and it also includes the ashes of other former top Rosicrucian officials. The San Jose Ground Lodge of, Ros- of Rosicrucianism is one of the largest headquarters in the whole world and serves as a clearinghouse for Rosicrucian print mailings, a podcast, and their YouTube channel.
1: Okay, so before we delve deeper on anything else, so my brother, shout out to Sevan, um, he's the one who actually told us to do this episode. And when he was laying it all out for me, He was basically saying that, so, Rosicrucianism is kind of a cult, I mean, and then also, like on Yelp, you can definitely determine from a various amount of reviews that people aren't so keen on this museum simply because of its attachment to Rosicrucianism. And then also, so it's downtown, right, this, this Rosicrucian Egyptian Museum, and I don't know if we're going to get into it, but Rosicrucianism, or Ros- Rosicrucian, kind of means rosy cross. So when my brother was also informing me about this topic, he was telling me that what else is nearby this museum, the Rose Garden. Think about it too. So even though this museum was established in 1927 I believe, um, it's still interesting to note that nearby is the Rose Garden and also like the people who live around the Rose Garden and the Rosicrucian Egyptian Museum are also very wealthy. I mean, those houses, um, very sought after in Silicon Valley. So this is on, this is definitely more of a conspiracy theory. So, or, but, um, you know, there are a lot of coincidences that you can see. There's the Rosicrucian Museum, which means Rosie Cross, the Rose Garden, a lot of, um, wealthy people in the area there's got to be a reason why this Rosicrucian Egyptian Museum is in the center of it all you know isn't it kind of weird
0: yeah and that's why i th- i think a lot of the you know Rosicrucian museum is like i think the legends and stories surrounding it are kind of founded in conspiracy theories And that's why I also think it's not fully, it's not really fair to call it a cult because they don't really seem to do much that's cult y. Again, we'll get into that in a second. But um, just like since these are stories we may have heard, I want to point out that the Rosicrucian Museum came before probably a lot of these houses and like this area in general, since back in the early 1900s when Rosicrucianism was becoming a thing here and whatnot. Um, I mean, San Jose was still mostly like basically just agrarian. it was all like orchards and um, yeah, so it's not like the Rose garden area or even the rose garden itself were what they were like now. in fact that whole area was probably just orchards, if anything. Um, and I feel I feel like what came it was like it's a bit of a chicken and the egg thing, but I feel like you know the status of that area now is more of a recent development.
1: It was interesting because usually when I search Yelp, there's nothing really historical uh, when it comes to the location that we're researching. But this time I found that, um, you know, this is, this all comes quote like word for word from the Yelp uh, website. It says, specialties. The Rosicrucian Egyptian Museum is an educational institution that uses transdisciplinary approaches to increase knowledge about the past present and future especially related to the diversity and relationships in nature and among cultures we provide collection-based research and learning for greater public understanding and appreciation of the world in which we live drawing on the wisdom of ancient traditions and modern science its collections public learning programs, and collaborative research are inseparably linked to serve a diverse public of varied ages, backgrounds, and knowledge. The Rosicrucian Egyptian Museum began with one small artifact, a Sekhmet, or Lion Goddess, statue, which stood on the desk of H. Spencer Lewis, the founder of Rosicrucian Order, or AMORC, in the 1920s, Amork supported the excavations of the Egypt Exploration Society in Tel-el-Amarna, the city of the pharaoh Akhenaten. In gratitude, the Egypt Exploration Society donated several artifacts from their finds to Amork. H. Spencer Lewis encouraged members to add to, his, to this collection, in which they did. In 1927, H. Spencer Lewis conceived a public collection. In 1929, Amor sponsored a journey through Egypt led by H. Spencer Lewis. This trip generated much enthusiasm, which resulted in additional donations of artifacts and funds for the museum. By 1932, the collection had outgrown its second floor home, so an additional building was constructed, the Rosicrucian Egyptian Museum.
0: The headquarters of the Rosicrucian Order, Amorc is beautiful Rosicrucian Park in San Jose, California. Fountains, exotic plants and trees, statuary and Egyptian-style buildings add to the special ambiance of Rosicrucian Park. In addition to our administrative offices, Rosicrucian Park also houses the Rosicrucian Research Library, the Rosicrucian Egyptian Museum and Planetarium, the Rosicrucian Peace Garden, and our Egyptian-style Grand Temple. Rosicrucian members may attend convocations and other activities in the Grand Temple, including sessions of the Council of Solace Healing Meditation. Guests are welcome to stroll to the park grounds and take in the special atmosphere. All this might make you wonder who exactly are the Rosicrucians? What do they do? What do they believe in? And so I brought down this, I have this little mini section here for y'all about what Rosicrucianism really is. So according to the Encyclopedia Britannica, quote, the origins and teachings of the Rosicrucians are described in three anonymously published books that have been attributed to Johann Valentin Andre, who lived in 1568 through 1654. He was a Lutheran theologian and teacher who wrote the book This The Chemical Marriage and uh, The Chemical Marriage of Christian Rosencruz. Mind you, chemical is spelled C-H-Y-M-I-C-A-L. Um And this book was published in 1616. It recounts the travels of Christian Rosencruz, uh, that's spelled R-O-S-E-N-K-R-E-U-Z, the putative founder of the group, who is now generally regarded as a fictional character rather than a real person. And a side note I found on Atlas Obscura, I looked into this book a little more, and Atlas Obscura says, the documents, in other words, the book I was just talking about, Encourage religious reform, mysticism, and alchemy, but may have been intended as no more than satire or even a hoax. German theologian Johann Valentin André claimed later in life to have written the third of the documents and called it ludibrium, a trivial game or farce. So whether intended as a a satire, a hoax, joke, or a reform tract, it was a massive success. And then the Encyclopedia Britannica continues... According to the books, Rosencruz was born in 1378 and lived for 106 years. After visiting the Middle East and North Africa in search of secret wisdom, he returned to Germany and organized the Rosicrucian order in 1403. He erected a sanctuary in 1409 where he was entombed after his death in 1484. The alleged discovery of his tomb 120 years later became the occasion for the public announcement of the order's existence. The secretive nature of the early brotherhood, if it actually existed, would have made contact with it difficult. The combination of alchemy and mysticism associated with it, however, became quite influential. Rosicrucianism was attractive to many thinkers throughout Europe, possibly including the English philosopher and scientist Francis Bacon. It declined dramatically in the 18th century because of like increased rationalism and skepticism of the Enlightenment movement, although some Rosicrucian ideas survived in speculative Freemasonry. In the 19th century, new Rosicrucian societies appeared as part of a general occult revival that took place in Europe and the U.S. The first, the Rosicrucian fraternity, was established in San Francisco in 1858 by the American spiritualist and abolitionist Pascal Beverly Randolph. The two most successful modern Rosicrucian organizations were established in the 20th century. The ancient mystical order Rosicrucis, Crucis morgue, was founded in New York City in 1915 by H. Spencer Lewis. Claiming that he had learned the teachings of the order from European Rosicrucians, Lewis attracted new members from around the world by distributing his teachings in mail-order lessons. Regarding Egypt as the cradle of Rosicrucian wisdom, he subsidized the creation of a highly acclaimed Egyptian museum at the group's headquarters in San Jose. According to the Atlas Obscura, today the Rosicrucians, like the Masons, wield little power and are not much more than supper clubs and networking opportunities with an increasingly aged membership. They do, however, continue to practice the secret Masonic and Rosicrucian rituals based largely on what nobles in the 16th and 1700s imagined ancient Eastern rituals might look like, and according to the locals, during the summer solstice, The Fraternitas Rose Crucis performed a solstice ritual in ceremonial robes, standing in circles around the pyramids and chanting loudly. So, I know that was a lot, but just in summary, like the really short version of all of this is basically some dude in 1600s Europe wrote this book, and no one knows if he was serious or not. And then someone took it seriously now we have Rosicrucians in San Jose doing, like, mail-order lessons for people and, like, thinking Egypt is cool. That's the really, really, really short version of all of that. Um, So that's... I really want to emphasize the fact that, like, nobody to this day knows if the book that Rosicrucianism is basically founded on is even real or, like, if it was meant to be taken seriously. Um, The book is real. It's just, like, we don't know if, like... To what degree the author was being serious and even if they were being serious you know we don't know if what they were saying is real or true it just there's a lot of unknown but that is overall rosicrucianism and how it ended up here in san jose
1: it's actually super interesting to um just like more about the rosicrucian doing research for this i went ahead and downloaded a lecture <laughs> by richard b spence okay uh, from the University of Idaho, and basically some of the more I guess risque information that we have uh, regarding Rosicrucianism is that a lot of people thought it was more sex magic because there was a lot of like n- notable like female and male genitalia in some of the the books, so they were thinking that the rose. Is a. Oh, okay, so like it's like genitalia, I guess, so like the Rosicrucian, so rose cross is like one is signal for female and one is signal for men, but that's not necessarily it. Um, they also think that the rose is more of a symbolic stand in for Christ, um, and the rose means light or um, secrecy and then the cross is just the cross. So. Also, Rosicrucianism originates from 1597, and that's why all the documentation about it is just so messed up because it's so long ago and they're not properly uh, notated. And there are a bunch of different, like smaller branches of Rosicrucianism that didn't make it as far as H. Spencer Lewis's uh, branch, um, and he was also in kind of like a, in a maybe a religion war with somebody? Um, and he, they were just trying to see which, which, whose branch of Rosicrucianism would be more popular in H. Spencer Lewis 1. So that's why we also have our um, Rosicrucian Egyptian Museum in San Jose. Also, um, it was kind of messed up how they ended with a lecture because um, they never really defined Rosicrucianism. They just kind of said it's about everything and nothing all at once. So it's more of an idea and a concept than a religion or a secret society. So that's pretty much it, too.
0: Yeah, I noticed how hard it really seems to define Rosicrucianism because I feel like I could never find a really solid definition of what they are who they what they believe in um i mean it mostly seems like they're just really into egypt and alchemy and if you're not sure if you don't know what alchemy is it's basically chemistry meets magic all i know about alchemy in in historical terms is that's kind of how you get like the concept of the philosopher's stone um and back in the day i think before enlightenment a lot of people were trying to figure out like ways to make gold which is technically possible with today's technology but it's extremely expensive and i think it takes a ton of energy uh you need a particle accelerator which i think also takes a lot of physical space um so in other words it's not practical it's possible but it's it's it just takes way too many resources um and anyway that's not like a necessarily like core it's not like a core part of alchemy because alchemy is not really you know it's just like a field of study but that was like one thing that people were really looking to do is like how do we turn other metals into gold and uh, i know people are also really interested in like how do we live longer and that's basically where you get the concept of the philosopher's stone but that is tangential to Rosicrucianism. um and the last thing i wanted to say about this place which I found on Backpackerverse, and I have no other evidence for except for Backpackerverse, Uh, but apparently some locals have claimed that the ghosts of some of the mummified animals that are in the museum haunt the museum.
1: Oh my gosh. So not only is it a cult, like a headquarters for a cult, there's also mummified animals?
0: Apparently there's mummified animals.
1: That's interesting.
0: And... Now we move to the personal accounts.
1: Um, there were several reviews reporting, like I said earlier, there was a lot of reviews on Yelp reporting that this museum is being run by a cult. So I took to YouTube. Um, So there's a video posted by Santa Cruz Mountain's Natural History, which depicts the centennial ceremony of Amorc in America, hosted by the museum in 2015. Uh, The video basically just portrays highlights of the ceremony um, where they buried a time capsule, and it, it had the following contents. The Rosicrucian Code of Life, the two Rosicrucian manifestos, and a certificate signed by each of the grandmasters. So I thought that was very interesting. Um, They ended up sealing this time capsule in the body of of the Sphinx statue on the left side entrance of the museum. And at the end of the ceremony, they close out with the leaders and attendees singing a song in Latin. So I don't know about you, but this screams cold stuff. (laughs) also they have a YouTube channel it's called Rosicrucian TV and they posted a video of Grandmaster Julie Scott presenting information on the new alchemy museum in Rosicrucian Park Um, there are a lot of cool photos in her PowerPoint that I'll definitely be posting to our Instagram so if you want to check those out go to um, at San Jose podcast Um, so go ahead and check that out. You can also email us at sanjonse at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at sanjonsepod.
0: You can check out our YouTube channel if you look us up, San Jose. And uh, you can also check out our website with some other extra features on there, Sanhanse.wordpress.com
1: And buy a sticker. <laughs> you never know when you'll need one. <laughs> Okay. Um, Anyway, she discusses information regarding Rosicrucianism and the purpose of the new Alchemy Museum. Uh, The museum was proposed with the following mission statement. The museum will serve to widen public awareness and interest in the topic of alchemy and to provide a venue for guests to learn the fascinating history and practice of this art of transformation. I thought... That was very interesting, especially you know, that was, that's the main reason why they opened up the new Alchemy Museum. Okay, and I went to Yelp, and like I said, there isn't really much information, um, there wasn't more than the, the hours which you can just get online, um, entry for the museum, and just a little bit more detail about the tour. Um, so if you want to go ahead and check that out, there was no interesting information uh, regarding um, whether or not it's haunted. But there were a lot of people saying um, how this museum is run by a cult, and a good majority of those reviews were negative, um, despite the museum having a you know good information about the museum. Um and you know just the general information of what you would get on a tour. Also, apparently if you were to take a tour of this museum, they also have a little amphitheater in which they play a video about Rosicrucianism. So a lot of people noted that they the most they got out of that presentation was a nice little nap because it's in a dark amphitheater. And other people said that it's cult nonsense and don't waste your time. So, there's that. This week, I decided to do an interesting little spin. Um, you know, instead of researching a movie, um, I went ahead. I was actually thinking about researching The Mummy, but then I figured that that wouldn't really be on par with the subject, (laughs) so I went ahead and looked up famous Rosicrucians, um, So this is all according to the list posted by Xavier Freeman on Ranker.com. And there are quite a number of famous Rosicrucians, so I'll go ahead and inform you now. (laughs) So some include presidents. So we've got George Washington, our first president, and of course Abraham Lincoln. Why else would they both be on U.S. bills? (laughs) Colts nonsense um also we've some include the best inventors such as benjamin franklin sir isaac newton and leonardo da vinci um some rosicrucians believe that sir isaac newton was a rosicrucian because he kept a hidden collection of alchemy books which wouldn't have been socially acceptable for a serious student to keep we've also got some of the best creators such as victor hugo the author of les mis um And, get this, Walt Disney, who pretty much still rules over Southern California and Orlando, Florida. Um, and Mexican painter Diego Rivera. Um...
0: I just want to point out, and this is just complete coincidence, but I like getting... I like trying to connect dots where there aren't dots. we ta- you know Carmen. You mentioned that George Washington and Abraham Lincoln are both on U.S. currency. Diego Rivera is on the Mexican 500 peso bill. So, ching.
1: Cool. Okay, so that's not even that's the truth. That's not even speculation. No, I'm just <laughs> See, well, there must be a connection there somehow. Um, and then we got the Illuminati. No, I'm just kidding. Okay um next up we've got t pain that's right thomas Paine from your history class uh that guy if you remember correctly who wrote common sense and then lastly everyone's favorite french military leader napoleon bonaparte whoop
0: whoop. wow but all right that brings us to the related facts So, as Carmen mentioned earlier, the current Grand Master of AMORC is Julie Scott, who is originally from St. Louis, Missouri, but moved to San Jose in 1995. Her annual salary is $141,682.
1: Um, excuse me?
0: I also found an article on kqed.org that says that there are over 250,000 road secretions all around the world. And there are some other big centers in other places, including Amonville, France, and São Paulo, Brazil. Next, according to the website nonprofitlight.com, Amorc's Grand Lodge in San Jose has assets totaling over $13 million. I mean, on the west side, which is where the museum is, that's like a shack, but alright, pop off. Also, you can join Amorc's free daily meditation sessions. They meditate, they meditate on behalf of the sick and economically struggling community members. So that's kinda nice. Um and then, okay, these next two are gonna be interesting. So I mentioned I don't really think it's a cult because I don't know how we define cult, but it seems to me more like it's just a group of people with some interesting ideas. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like Colt implies some sense of, like, coercion um, or, like, seclusion from the outside world. But, I mean, even just given the people that were in Rosicrucianism that were famous doesn't seem to make it likely that that's the case. Um, It's not even exactly a religion because they welcome people of all religions, at least according to their website. But... I did find these two books. They're both by the same author, Pierre S. Freeman. One is called Amork Unmasked, The Hidden Mind Control Techniques of the Rosicrucian Order. And the second book is The Prisoner of San Jose, How I Escaped from Rosicrucian Mind Control. Both of these books, I checked their reviews on Amazon just to kind of get a feel of what the book is like, because I didn't read either of them. Um, Because I don't think they're available on SGPL. But the reviews are pretty polarized, so people either loved it or hated it.
1: <laughs> I feel like that's the same for all the Yelp reviews.
0: True, but I feel like these were particularly polarized because people either said, like, this is, people either said in all caps, this is the best book ever, or they said, like, in very formal English, like, this book is totally false. Like, um, that included a couple of reviews, though, from Rosicrucians themselves, who disagree with the overall message of the book. Mind you, their reviews are more coherent. I'll just leave it at that. Um, so, I don't know. If you want to learn more about the potential negative side of Rosicrucianism, I don't know anything about these books. I didn't read them. I can't say that they're true in any way. I'm just saying they exist. And if you're interested, you can check those out. Um, so, I don't know. There's that.
1: That's cool. That's interesting to learn about.
0: Yeah. Um, And then I found this on the website, The Straight Dope, and I'm going to read this verbatim off their website. So they said, "Amorc touts its authenticity by proclaiming it's the only Rosicrucian organization that uses the word order in its name and claiming authorization from FUDOSI, which is the, and I don't speak French, so I'm going to butcher this, Fédération Universelle des Orders et Société Initiatique which is basically a sort of clearinghouse of mystical societies. And then they write on this website, to my mind, that's like Claribel the Clown being validated by Howdy Doody, but we'll let that pass and trudge on.
1: Oh, wow.
0: Just in summary, Amork is the only Rosicrucian organization, because as Carmen mentioned, there's several. Um, Rosicrucianism isn't a single, it's not a monolith. There's different branches and like subgroups. Um, not all of them made it as far as Amork, but um, they basically like toot their own horn because they're like, "Oh, we use the word order and we're um, certified or whatever by this like group I've never heard of that basically certifies mystical societies." Um, just thought that was interesting. And then of course the next fact or the next fact is that so. Again, other organizations called themselves Rosicrucian. In 1858, the Fraternatus Crucis was founded by Pascal Beverly Randolph after supposedly having been initiated into a German Rosicrucian fraternity. Uh, it still exists today, and just like Amorc, they provide male-order spiritual illumination. Cool. Yeah. Also, the Societas Rosicruciana in Anglia was founded by Robert Wentworth Little and popularized by William Wynne Westcott, both connected with the Golden Dawn Ritual Magic Group, and I believe those are in the UK. Hmm. Um, it requires it actually requires its members to be both Mason and Christian. Smaller, but still recognizable, um, there's also the Rosicrucian Fellowship founded by Max he- Heindel in 1907, uh, and it's largely a christian organization um it has closer ties with the asafi i'm not sure what that is but that's what they found and astrology than any other original rosicrucian bot and lastly if you are interested or if you're wondering how to join rosicrucianism <laughs> basically it seems like pretty much any adult can join aimwork and i went on their website And it seems like you can become a member as long as you can pay the dues of either $15 a month or $150 a year. And according to their website, quote, Benefits of membership include many benefits that will all contribute to your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual development, including a spiritual family, family, that has members from many different wisdom traditions including Hinduism, Buddhism, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam who work together harmoniously to bring light into the world through the recognition that divinity resides within each one of us, and that our work is to actively seek to express that divinity in everything we do. That was a mouthful. (laughs) But, yes. If you're really interested, you can join AMORC, it seems like. Um, I don't know if they have like a full admissions process or anything, but that, that's what I gathered from their website. So. Hmm.
1: I don't know. Sounds like we've got a little bit of conflict here, though. So, do you think it's a cult?
0: I think I've pushed this throughout this episode, but yeah, no, I don't think it's a cult. Um, I don't, I mean, there's no evidence of any kind of, like, coercion or, like, for seclusion, or just force of any kind. I mean, the fact that they, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like if they were more of a cult, they would be urging people to join more. But, like, it seems like they don't. I've never... I mean, for all I know, they do. Like, but I've never seen ads or, like, spam mail or anything. Like, I know I've seen people get mail from, like, Scientology um like urging them to join and stuff and also I've, uh, i was watching the scientology <laughs> documentary on netflix and i'm just like wow this oh is definitely a cult because like you can't leave and like they take all your money and they're constantly like coercing you like physically and emotionally to give them your entire life whereas this is like i don't know pay us this money and then you can hang out with us and we talk about egypt and space <laughs> So
1: And we can meditate together. Yeah. Super chill. What about you? Yeah, I think it's a cult. I don't know. I, I think part of me is just like, I want it to be a cult in the middle of San Jose. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be an actual cult, you know, like very exclusive. But also, I mean, it's interesting, this is why I wanted to go to the museum because even some people in their reviews were saying, don't go here, like a lot of the workers or like the people, the employees that work there are part of the cult and also they kind of push Rosicrucianism on the the person who's trying to go there and learn more about um, Egyptian artifacts. Um, But so would you say it's more of like a secret society?
0: I don't even know if it's that secret of a society, because I feel like that would imply some more level of, like, exclusivity, but they seem really open. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. So I
0: think it's more of just, like, a semi-secret society. Like, more like an underground kind of thing, but, like, not (laughs) secret. They don't seem very exclusive or anything. But again, that's according to my knowledge, which I have just revealed to all of you in the past like 40 minutes so i don't know
1: (laughs) (laughs) all right so listeners you'll go ahead and decide let us know whether or not you think this rosicrucian society is a cult are you ready to wrap things up here manny
0: i think it's that time carmen
1: all right you want to play some dead by daylight
0: let's do it until next week stay safe love each other Check us out on Instagram and stay spooky, San Jose.